0: Welcome to Delegate. I'm Cameron O'Donnell, a DAO governance strategist. And I'm Lawrence Smith, a DeFi and DAO token builder. Powered by Boardroom. Shout out to our sponsor, Boardroom, for providing us with support, data, and governance intelligence, helping us to complete this episode. Since delegation has been in the spotlight over the past few weeks, if you're a delegate, or active participant in DAO governance, and you've cast more than 10 on-chain votes, you can now use that wallet to claim access to Boost. Boardroom's Web3 management portal built for organizations and professionals that contribute to protocols and DAOs. Head over to claim.boardroom.io and use the link in the show notes to learn more. This week, we are testing a new type of episode designed around teaching and talking about some of the latest and greatest governance structures there are with our favorite protocols. And it should be no surprise that one of the most captivating protocol governance structures is optimism, OP. Optimism has continuously revolutionized DAO governance with a bicameral system, and now even further, testing new structures that can help the protocol move forward. Today and throughout this episode, we'll actually hear from three prominent OP community members, their view on OP governance, explanations to some of our questions, and even discussions around the latest changes from a structural and operational standpoint. First things first, whenever we look at a governance structure, we have to understand who exactly is interacting with the protocol. So typically we have foundations, we have a DAO, and then there's a for-profit or developer company. And it's structured like this for a reason. The foundation's main purpose is to help support the DAO. Let's start by meeting Justine, the governance lead over at Optimism. Then we'll jump into the structure of how Optimism Governance works.
1: So I'm Justine. I'm the governance lead at the Optimism Foundation. Uh, I, I joined the foundation almost, like basically before it existed. I saw the announcement on Twitter, and I reached out to Ben and Jing. And I was like, I really want to work here. And they were like, what do you want to do? And I was basically like, whatever, whatever you need me to do. <laughs> Prior to working at the Optimism Foundation, I was working at Rabbit Hole and I helped set up like a 35 member meta governance group that was being an active delegate in nine different protocols. So I had been in- involved in doing research on DAOs before that, but that's really where I got like this practical look into how DAOs were doing things, this like broad view of common challenges, problems and things that could be standardized across. DAOs. I think definitely having been a delegate helps inform the work that I do at the foundation.
2: Justine is one of the guests with the most interesting backgrounds we've had coming onto the podcast. At the core of governance is community, and her background no doubt contributes to her work helping to run governance at a foundation.
1: My background is varied. I was a professional ballerina for six years, and then I worked as an equity research analyst at an investment bank. And then I was a deep tech venture investor, but I've been involved in crypto since 2017 in many different capacities. So some policy stuff, some identity stuffs, some DeFi stuff early in the DeFi days. But DAOs is like what has really captured my attention and what I'm really, really fascinated with trying to figure out how to make them work.
0: I've worked in DAO governance for almost an entire year full-time, and I have to say there are so many misconceptions around what governance structures are the best. If you ask almost anybody within the industry, they will likely tell you that governance is very simple. It favors large token holders and is extremely inefficient. However, the more you dive into the world of DAO governance, the more you find that there are experiments and iterations around structures and processes that are fairly effective. OP has one of the most interesting and innovative structures. What better source than Justine?
1: Optimism is taking this iterative Approach to governance and running many time bound experiments to try to figure out on the path to what will be our ultimate form of the governance system. And so to help facilitate that process of experimentation and stand up the structures over time, the foundation like plays that role to administer and implement the system, like obviously drawing on community feedback and gradually phasing ourselves out of that role over what will be a multi-year process. So we're, we're about one year into that process. So there's definitely <laughs> a ways to go So
0: Optimism runs on a bicameral system that consists of two houses, the Token House and the Citizen House. Justine is about to introduce these concepts and just for a little bit of background, the Token House is responsible for submitting, deliberating and voting on various types of proposals. From a citizen's house perspective, they really deal with retroactive public goods funding, a concept pioneered by optimism. Now governance is live in
1: the token house. It's not yet live in the citizens house. So we're still yet to bring on implement this two house system and do and do things like joint voting. That's obviously on the docket. But I think we also pretty strongly believe in open sourcing all the research that informs this design. You can see that with like the collective archives, which is research I've done on kind of the history and evolution of of DAOs and the experiments that they've run and what hasn't, hasn't worked. I think like we're also planning to open source the kind of design principles and processes that we use when we're thinking about designing seasons and rounds. And then I, yeah, basically I think any kind of, I like to do a lot of research in any of the research that we're doing internally. We plan to open source because one of the things that I recognized in doing this research is that you'll see like something happen, something blow up, something not work well at one DAO. And then you'll see like that same thing happen in a different DAO a year later. And so it's like clear that we're not doing a great job of sharing learnings. And if we if we could do that, we could just accelerate the development of, of the whole space collectively. So I think this is really like an underappreciated aspect of the two house system. So I think everybody pretty intuitively understands, oh, two houses, why checks and balances. But the other thing the other really important part of this two-house system is that they can work together to create this flywheel, which DAO's like broader mission, both of the houses working together, is to prove that impact can equal profit. And so the citizens' house kind of main responsibility is to allocate the retroactive public goods funding. And the token house like focuses on ecosystem growth and driving revenue for the sequencer, which then governance will kind of like decide what portion of that flows back to retro PGF, et cetera. And so like we need to develop basically what is viewed as a, as a profitable market for supporting public goods retroactively. And it's just going to take time to have the retro PGF rounds occurring frequently enough and to, and to have them be reliable enough for this market to develop. And so in the meantime, The token house manages something called the governance fund, which is 230 million O.P. treasury, basically. And that can essentially be used to bootstrap that market in in a few different ways. And so one is that you can make grants with it, which is like a certain scope of work and amount of funding. But any kind of performance above and beyond that or any impact that's greater than what was originally scoped in the grant can be rewarded with RetroPGF. And you can imagine over time, the ratio of what is provided via an upfront grant from the Token House via what is rewarded through RetroPGF in the Citizens House goes from something that might look like 90-10 to 10-90.
2: So the million dollar question within all of these global internet-based organizations is, how do we coordinate resources to accomplish that shared mission? On top of Optimism's already impressive governance structure, They are also implementing some really cool features in Season 4. Season 4 governance includes missions, alliances and intents. This is all built around the Optimism Attestation Station. The Attestation Station is a social, public good on the OP chain, allowing for broad ranges of attestations across multiple different disciplines. Let's hear how all of these new things come together in Season 4 of OP Governance.
1: Sure, yeah. So I'll try to just give a, a a brief explanation first of of how it works and then I can explain like how we got to that structure. So the governance fund to date has just been distributing grants. That grants program has taken many forms. They're now distributed by a grants council. What we wanted to do was open up the governance fund to fund a broader range of work, but do it in a scoped way and also a way that focused on the work being done, not necessarily the the people or the teams doing it. And so we introduced something called missions, which is a kind of specific initiative, which is time bound and can be completed start to finish. And so one way to describe what that looks like is instead of saying we're gonna fund development for the next year, a mission would look like we're gonna we're gonna f- basically like ship bedrock, which is the, the next protocol upgrade or something. Which is a which is a specific deliverable, essentially, the term that we're using to describe the the teams that actually execute on the missions is alliance, and that is really to signify that it's again a group of of people that come together temporarily to accomplish this mission. It doesn't necessarily exist forever. It can be a group of external contributors, it can be a group of contributors that haven't worked before but come together to do this thing, but it is like a very intentionally different than a working group, which is usually assumed to persist indefinitely and resemble something that looks like a corporate division with full-time employees. The foundation can also put forward a mission. It's essentially a request for proposal or an RFP. And so that is like the foundation has designed the mission and is now looking for alliances to complete it. And then kind of like the final aspect of this system is what we call collective trust tiers. And that basically just determines like what level of funding you're eligible to request based on the reputation that you've built, based on the crude measure of the reputation that you've built in the optimism ecosystem to date. Like that is a very MVP tiering system that over time will become a much more robust, basically system of attestations. We have something called the attestation system, that attestation station, which is like a core component uh, of building the system. And so those tiers, will you could imagine them as as trust scores or impact scores that are calculated on those attestations in the future. So I think with kind of like those four elements and then this concept of the token house and the citizen's house working together and being a, a bridge funding mechanism until the RPGF market develops, Those are really like the core concepts and components that we want everybody to understand about how this the broader system is going to work in the
2: future. What amazing changes for season four over at Optimism. Like you, we were pretty curious as to how exactly we got to this point.
1: I mean, it was really informed by some challenges that I've seen many other DAOs face with figuring out how to scope the work that is done in the DAO and then and then fund it in a sustainable way. And so it's, it's really designed to avoid many of the downfalls that I've seen with a working group model, which again can look different in different DAOs. But when I say that, I'm really referring to a structure that looks like these persistent team-based units that are assumed to kind of like do work indefinitely. That work is usually, again, scoped as like a business unit, not necessarily tied to a specific goal. And then you run into like these recurring budget processes that end up actually taking all the time and attention of the DAO and DAO can barely do anything else other than fight about the budget allocation for different working groups. So this is what we're trying to avoid. I don't know that this I don't know that this is the best alternative, honestly, to working group, but it was pretty clear to me that we had to try something else. Right. So we kind of know what model doesn't work and we don't yet know what model does, but it's worth experimenting (laughs) with
0: alternatives. So alliances work on the missions. This sounds very similar to project based funding within DAOs, but a little more formal I know like many of you, we're probably thinking here, how do we get on an alliance?
1: Yeah, so on alliance formation, it's a good question. Our head of community and I are going to host an alliance forming workshop on May 30th. It's on our public governance calendar to, to help facilitate that process. I think that you could also see like some mission proposals or even RFPs that look like training programs for people that could later form an alliance. So we definitely want to understand that we need to help facilitate the formation of what's called organic alliances or basically alliances that are not pre-existing businesses. On the intents, the foundations, there are four intents. The foundation initially set three of them and we left the third one open for community input. So we basically took all the suggestions and the input from community members and then synthesize that into what is the third intent. The the plan is that over time, this transitions to a process where the intents can be set with basically increasingly more community input and then eventually by the
2: community. Looking over the last 16 minutes, we've learned a ton about optimism. And now that we have a broad understanding of optimism in season four, we had to jump on the opportunity to get some input from Justine a leader in the governance realm around what she is excited for with the future of AP governance
1: yeah wow <laughs> that's a big question i think i mean i think near term like it's going to be really exciting when we actually have this bicameral system up and running and we do our first joint vote that will be i i think something exciting kind of for for everyone that's interested in governance so and that's a pretty huge piece of work that we need to to focus on i think we have the concept of OP chains and having many different chains involved in governance. That's also really interesting system to design, which is, which is not up and running yet, but will be soon kind of this concept of the super chain, et cetera. Then I would say the third thing is just like we're, we're taking the first steps now, but putting a lot of thought into how to use the DAO and, and the community to scale the work that labs and the foundation have been doing to date, and how to increasingly turn more and more of what we do over to the community. So I would say those are like the three buckets of things that I spend my time thinking about. The grants program is now run by the Selected Grants Council. You can see in the RFPs that we're putting forward, and there's a few out now, but but we're going to add more in the future. Those are like pieces of work that we previously would have done ourselves, most likely. One of them for the code of conduct enforcement is actually like a governance design RFP. So that is like the first step to opening that process up to the community. The, the foundation's role over time should really diminish until, until that, until its role is like extremely limited. And then I think the way we look at labs is like they will be one of many contributors to the collective. So the, the future form of how both of those organizations engage in the collective should as and is intended to look very different than it does now.
0: Come on now, that is definitely not the end of the episode. We spoke to one stakeholder, Justine, who is the governance lead at the Optimism Foundation. But that's only really one piece of the pie here. So whenever we look at governance, we look at the main stakeholders, the users, the governance participants, or the delegates, and then the entities and or companies. And that really includes the DAO as a whole. And so regarding delegates, over the next section, we'll actually be speaking to two of them. Where we'll start, though, is talking to Fig from Flipside Crypto. Fig joins us from an incredible background and Flipside, an absolute leader in the governance service provider space. You can check out Flipside Crypto's delegate profile on boardroom.io, linked in the show notes. Now, we really won't do Fig much justice if we actually introduce him. And so we'll hear from Fig ourselves.
3: My name is Fig Gallen or Francis. I've been involved in crypto for over two years now professionally. Started at Voyager Digital, working for a brokerage firm selling crypto and digital assets. Then started doing DeFi research on the side and then just started tweeting about what I was seeing as a user. Eventually ended up at a lot more decentralized crypto native firms. And today I'm working with Flipside Crypto, helping making data free and public for anybody curious about crypto.
2: To kick it off with Fig, we wanted to know when did Flipside get involved with Optimism? We've been in Involved in optimism since the
3: start, for us, it's a continuation of our conviction in the EVM world. For optimism, they've been very intentional on experimentation and and growth, making governance fun and accessible and and easy. I think one thing we'd like to improve upon within governance and, and optimism specifically is using data to drive decisions looking at how we're allocating rewards, how we're allocating grants, and and judging the efficacy
2: of each. We said it earlier in the show, but optimism has been very intentional and very iterative. Whilst talking to Fig, we spoke about how one of optimism's greatest qualities is that they're not afraid to try new things and fail. Failed experiments in the DAO space are lessons learned that can help to build a stronger, brighter, and more engaged community.
3: For a long time, Optimism Governance has been really focused on grants, and that's a great way to bootstrap activity, and and specifically developer activity, and actually build distribution as a network in an ecosystem. It's been very experimental as they're willing to try new things and and fail. I don't think a lot of these large, rigid DAOs have that same attitude. They're more risk-averse. So optimism, they're looking at growth and that lends itself to a lot of interesting experimentations in terms of governance design, in terms of tooling, actually embracing new tooling structures such as Agora and play with this idea of seasons, which optimism is currently on their fourth season right now.
0: We heard Fig there mention Agora. Agora is a gigabrained governance team who creates custom front ends for governance engagement. They also create custom frameworks and are working on that right now. You can catch the Agora Optimism Governance page and others in the show notes. We're going to jump right into it with Fig. Let's start by discussing some of those changes in Season 4 from a delegate's perspective. They often have insights that are absolutely invaluable to users, the community, and the ecosystem. Yeah, so I think coming
3: from a, a traditional org, season four is a really easy to understand. They start off with intents, which you can think of as a quarterly goal or a, a KPI. And Optimism has identified four key intents, which people within the OP collective can work towards. So this is technical decentralization. This is spreading the optimistic vision. This is innovating on novel application And this is making governance more accessible. These are the four intents. Below intents, you have missions. Missions are specific tasks or initiatives that help achieve these intents. And each intent are allocated different budgets. So teams can either come in and propose their own mission and I can say, hey, look, I want to create data and analytics for governance participation within Optimism. And that would go towards the intent of making governance more accessible. But the foundation itself, OP Foundation, can also post their own missions as well. And these are called RFPs. It's really exciting because they also introduce alliances at the base level. These are different types of working groups. It can be individuals, it can be groups of contributors, it can be anonymous, like mega collectives. So alliances, think about missions and they propose or answer our mission and these missions help achieve the overall intent.
2: We had a very long conversation with Fig and one of our favorite parts of that conversation was talking about how the protocol, community and governance benefits from a structural change in season four.
3: I think actually like making expectations clear for the community and having people be able to come in with certain expertise or experience that's a great way to build efficiency within the dell and then i also like the flexibility where people can actually create changes and and propose missions that they see would benefit optimism in a certain intent for anybody intents allow a lot more opportunity there's been a lot of allocated funding towards intent there's a lot of creative thinking around intents So if you're an individual delegate or a delegate team, there's a lot of opportunity for you to hopefully get compensated for your ideas. I think that's very interesting. For us, we like how there's more specialization. Previously, a lot of the delegate role was like educating on grant distribution or helping like approve that rock. So for for season four, I think there's a lot more like unique initiatives which people can actually come in and, and answer because they're the best fit for the role, not just because they're looking for a check. All types of different people, whether it's another DAO and organization, an individual, there's a lot of opportunity for people to get involved and actually hose what they think is, is the best fit for optimism in this stage of growth.
0: And nearing the end of our conversation with Fig, we want to know what delegates think, and what kind of calls to action delegates might have for community members.
3: I'd say get creative and push the boundaries. Intents are, I think, just a start of an idea or inspiration. There's a lot of opportunity for you to develop product which works for optimism in its community, but can be scaled elsewhere. I think look at these intents and say, what speaks to you and what speaks to my experience? where can I be most impactful as a contributor, as a builder, as an educator? I would say read a lot, learn from these projects. I think it's going to be a great opportunity to see like what people are very passionate about and what they're thinking about, which you may not see on a company's website every day. And and try new things, right? Like optimism governance is, is special as it's iterative and, and still growing, but In the past the community hasn't been really involved besides grants. So this is a great time to actually say, Hey, look, this is something cool we can do. And I I can maybe a little push the boundaries and it falls under this intent. So think about that. Think about like Dow to Dow partnerships and opportunities and I'm excited to see what people come up with.
0: As we've been talking about, it's always good to get a holistic view from our delegates. And so our next delegate here that will be discussing optimism, governance and season four, some of the hopes that this delegate has is Chris from L2 Beats. L2 Beats is a powerhouse, not only in the governance space, but also in the layer two and risk analysis space. You can check out L2 Beats delegate profile on boardroom.io linked in the show notes. I'll let Chris do a little introduction on how they view themselves participating in governance.
4: As we like to think about ourselves, we are a public goods company dedicated to providing on-chain transparency. And by that, at least for now, we understand as providing those data about different L2s and other scaling solutions, bridges, and so on. And... In our secret sauce, something that we, we think that is unique to what we do is this risk assessment. So we actually do dig deep into the source code, into how those protocols actually work. What are the consequences between different solutions in those, in those protocols to expose all the risks associated? And it's not just for the sake of exposure and for the sake of, you know, just showing it off, but like we we feel that our mission is to push this industry forward and to make sure that during those L2 wars that we are in right now, we are the ones who focus and who make sure that those, all those L2s are not only focusing on, you know, business development, you know, attracting users, adding new features, but that there's at least some entity that focuses on security that reminds all those projects like, hey, here are the things that you still have to fix before you attract bigger capital or before you onboard, you know, a billion users.
2: We wanted to understand the rationale behind l 2 Beta's involvement in governance and how it directly complements their research and investigative angle.
4: Sure. So why did they engage in, in governance? There are two reasons. Like, first, we are quite known in the industry and, you know, a lot of people recognize us when there is an opportunity to, to delegate. Some people, you know, be looking after their interests when making the decisions. And we hope we do. Like, that's our mission. And the other thing, like I mentioned before about when, when saying describing how to beat, I don't know if I mentioned it, but I will mention it right now. Like we are mission driven. We are like we are values oriented and, and values driven. So and we'll be exposing this hopefully like next week. But there will be this whole governance tab on our web page when you can go and see what are all our values and what our approach to, to this industry is.
2: Chris and L2Beats team see governance as a holistic process, especially optimism. He gave his own take on what governance is really about beyond simply casting your vote.
4: Voting is just like one step in the process and actually even optional, not really necessary step in the process. Governance is about making changes, making decisions and actually, you know, pushing some agenda forward. So my pro- like my understanding of how governance works is actually it's about finding support for certain certain decisions and help making decisions, help finding consensus, help coordinate around certain issues. And that's what we do. That's why we engage in the debate. That's why we try to organize different activities around it. L2Beats is so
0: well read up on different types of governance approaches. So we'd love to talk about these approaches and again, specifically around optimism. First
4: of all, there are different approaches to governance in different projects. And optimism's approach is specific in terms, like some people like to say that, hey, optimism is not decentralized and this governance, this whole governance is just a governance theater because afterwards, like the foundation has all the keys anyway, and they are actually executing those those decisions. But in my opinion, it's not like, it's not bad. It's not like this is this is necessarily bad. I actually think that Optimus Foundation did a great job of actually setting up those structures, those processes and actually building the governance from the ground up because governance is not something that we, you know, that we intuitively know how to do. We, we have more than 2000 years knowledge of how to make decisions collectively in different communities. And it's, you know, it would be bad to just throw it away and say, "Hey, let's let's invent it from the ground up and it should be, you know, coordinate somehow." But optimism's approach is different. Optimism's approach is, okay, th- th- this organization will be responsible for the future of this protocol, and we have this vision, this optimistic vision, which we care about, and we want to make sure that whatever this organization, which will in the future hold responsibility for the whole optimistic vision. We, we, we need to make sure that it's prepared and it's actually ready to take this responsibility and that this organization knows how to do it and is able to execute on everything that needs to be done. We don't like our traditional politics. So we don't want to replace it on chain. We want to experiment it and redesign it actually. So we don't want to have politics on chain, but we have to we need to have politics redesigned and Governance is the most important thing we're trying to figure out right now in, in crypto and web three. And probably the one, the most challenging one because we have no idea how it should work. We, we need to find out and how otherwise we can find out than experimenting with it. And that's, that's what optimism is. They are experimenting with different approaches, different strategies, different structures. We have the token house. We have citizen house. We had those procedures in Season 2 with committees. We had to, you know, we had to fine-tune them. So we introduced Grants Council in the second, in the previous season. Now we are taking it even further and we'll be optimizing on those processes, no matter who is on this council, actually. As you can tell, Chris and the L2Beats team is
0: deeply ingrained in optimism. So let's chat a little more about the
4: specifics in season four. And you were asking about the structure of the season four. So I absolutely believe that, that this is a step forward. Like we tried something in the past, and now we are experimenting with different approaches to simply check how they will work. And we have those four different intents. We call structure of intents, missions, alliances in transmissions and alliances in order to have this whole grant structure and distributing funds more targeted into into specific topics that we find useful. And I, I absolutely think it's a great idea. And especially those those four buckets that we have, like it's a very good start. It's super, you know, super challenging it's it's brave what we are doing and i am a bit afraid like if we will be able to handle it but i'm optimistic about it my favorite buckets is the third bucket this which was chosen with the input from the community and like why i was one of the proponents of this actual intent that was selected to spread out optimistic vision to spread spread out awareness about optimism We have many different programs uh, centered around public goods. I absolutely believe that it can all like gather together within optimism.
2: Throughout our conversation with Chris, it's clear that L2Beats takes a very analytical approach to governance. But at its core, they still really focus on the communication and communities that are formed around governance. As Chris goes on to tell us in his call to action.
4: If I could have one call to action, it would be, let's discuss things. Like, let's talk about it. Let's talk more. Let's not just sit and read those posts. We need to gather around and exchange ideas. I just came back from EdCon and had like two great ad hoc, impromptu gatherings of people simply thinking about governance. And it was great. Like, we had such a great evening to such good ideas coming around. And we need more of it. And we need to make it. In a structured way. So we'll get to it. But right now, what I would love to have is people joining the calls, joining the discussion. Don't wait for a call. If you have something to discuss, you can DM me, for example, and I would be glad to discuss it. We're going to organize meetups during those conferences because what a better way to discuss those things and just sit around the table and talk. Of course, we will have to professionalize it in the future. We have to do it in a more structured way and so on, but right now let's do it however we we are able to do it. So let's talk, let's meet, let's get their ideas about what we are trying to achieve, what optimism should do in the next year. Well, let's not wait for the foundation to figure it out, let's figure it out ourselves. So I would like to experiment a lot with, with governance strategies, processes, collaboration, redesign politics, redesign decision-making. And super exciting to be in the front row and doing this yourselves.
0: And that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you to our guests, Justine from the Optimism Foundation, Fig from Flipside, and Chris from L2Beats. The insights shared on this episode are invaluable for community members, token holders, and governance participants. Special thanks to boardroom, for sponsoring this episode and all of our episodes. You could find their links in the show notes below.